the new 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. If it's Sunday morning in South Coast, Massachusetts, in Rhode Island, then it's time for Money Wise. Thank you so much for being with us this Sunday morning and every Sunday morning. We're going to be giving you some information today about something that people don't like to talk about a lot, and that's taxes. So our topic today is, it's time to get smart about taxes. The fact is that the more you know about taxes, the better you are in life, because we have to pay taxes. And if there's things that we can legally do to save money and not pay as much in taxes, then it's every citizen's right and every citizen's obligation to do so. You don't need to pay more taxes than what you actually uh, absolutely have to do. So MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And with me this morning, my name is Ray Lance, is my son, my partner in business, Peter Lance. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And we are always happy to have you on the show, Pete. Uh, You are also a wealth of knowledge. You also run an organization called Lance Family Insurance Agency. And let's tell folks what you do at Lance Family Insurance. Sure. Lance Family Insurance Agency is a company that, uh, as all of our companies do, we really care about putting the client first. We like to treat our clients as family, and we like to try to save our clients money. And uh, Germana, who is my office manager, she has over 30 years' experience. She speaks Portuguese. We do every single type of insurance you can imagine, whether it's your home, your auto, your motorcycle, your RV. Uh, your business policy, your umbrella policy, uh, your commercial properties, anything that you can insure, we can do that for you. And we encourage you to give us a call or stop by. Our office number is 774-992-0789. And it's a little bit of a funky number, so I'm just going to give it again. It's 774-992-0789. It's always very friendly and obviously no obligation. We take a look, and if we can save you money, then uh, that's a positive all around. Well, visit Lance Family Insurance Agency. They're happy to give you quotations, and it's fairly simple. It doesn't take a long time. And the issue is really very simple, isn't it, Pete? If you can look at your existing insurance and find ways to save money, then everybody ought to take a chance and do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just one other couple of uh, points I'll, I'll mention. I asked Germana to... Uh, type up a couple of positive things about the agency that people have been mentioning to her. And uh, just in the past week or so, people have said that it's a very convenient location. It's easy to find and plenty of parking. Uh, It's one-stop shopping for all of your insurance needs. It's friendly and professional uh, with, you know, um, our mascots, Luna and Willow, are always there. And we are family-oriented. And just on Friday, a couple of days ago, uh, Germana was able to save somebody $1,200, and um, we like to save people money. We genuinely get excited when we can do that and, and help you out. And I like to show people how we can save money with taxes. You know, it's interesting. This past week, I had at least two separate cases where people sat down and talked to me about different aspects of their financial life, and it's amazing how often the topic comes around to discussing taxes, whether it's retirement accounts Um, I find there's so much misinformation about retirement accounts. People think that if they take an IRA, for example, and move it from one 
location to another location, they might have to pay taxes. Well, the answer is no. If you're doing a proper rollover, if you're doing a proper direct transfer of one IRA to another, it's never a taxable event. You're simply changing the form of the investment. And that's one of the things that we help a lot of clients do. So if you have questions about taxes, I will be very clear and say that we do not do tax returns. We only do tax planning, tax strategy, tax structuring. So we have a lot of information we can help you with and answer your tax questions. We're going to talk today about some things like selling your residence. We're going to be talking about retirement accounts. But, you know, Pete, something really very important happened this past year. We have something now called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It's had about six different names as it's been going through its various versions. But it is law now, and we have a very important little one-page publication. It's printed on two sides, and it's called Key Tax Changes from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It has our name on it and our logo and our information. If you would like a copy of this for your own information, give us a call at 508-998-8858, and we're happy to provide a copy of this for you. And this is uh, good until at least 2025 unless something is changed uh, before then. Uh, All of these changes uh, with this new Tax Cuts and Jobs Act are supposed to expire after 2025. Uh, But that's a good seven and a half years of useful tips on this uh, little two-page flyer that has been created at our office. Of course, if the political makeup of Congress changes or if the president changes, then the tax law can change again even more quickly. Of course. So it all depends on who's in Congress and who's in the White House as to what kind of tax laws we end up having. You know, we've had an income tax in this country since about 1916. And originally it was put into effect to help finance uh, World War I. Actually, the estate tax was originally put in effect to help finance World War I. And it's been around for a very long time. So the one thing I would say about taxes is that once you have tax laws on the books, they tend to stay on the books. They don't tend to go away very often. Yeah, it's usually a very long period in between before something major changes. But we do have to pay taxes. We have to pay taxes to support our government, to support the defense of our country with the armed forces and things of that nature. I just realized it's Sunday morning, and all of you poor folks at home are sitting there trying to wake up, and we've now mentioned tax or taxes about 50 times in the first five or ten minutes. (laughs) Well, there's a person named Shelley Barkley who said once, nobody wants to pay higher taxes, but do you want your kids to get a good education? You have to pay for that. Do you want Medicare for senior citizens? I do. We have to pay for it. So taxes pay for the services that we receive too, don't they? Yeah, of course, everything. And, of course, politicians say a lot of interesting things about taxes over the years, like George Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush once said, read my lips, no new taxes. But that didn't last very long, did it? No, it didn't. Taxes pay for everything. They pay for our roads. They pay for our government. I know a lot of people just choked on their oatmeal, but... (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. Well, I'll give you one more quotation, then we're going to get into some substance here. Arthur Godfrey, that you never knew, Peter, used to be on the radio and used to be on television, said, I'm proud to pay taxes in the United States. The only thing is I could be just as proud for half the money. And we all feel the same way. 
Well, one of the things that I like to do is I like to be able to sit down with clients and explain things and show them um, things they could do to save tax money. I'll give you one quick example. I met with people this past week. I met with one woman in particular, um, very interesting story. She had us about a $27,000, retirement account at work, but she's no longer working there. And I said, well, we can roll that over from your work account, which is like a 403B, and we can put that into an IRA account instead. It gives you a lot better options for your children, for example. They can do inherited or stretch out IRAs. Very useful. Most but, people do tend to leave the money in their old work account, whether they've switched jobs or whether they've retired, and that's usually not something that we recommend doing. No, nope, never. But the other interesting thing about this lady, um, and she listens to the show periodically, um, or actually she, she said she listens every week, so maybe she's listening today. I said to her, you know, you've got a fair amount of money also sitting in a regular checking account. Her underlying retirement account, by the way, was a Roth account. We put it into a Roth IRA. I said, the one thing you could do is you could make a further contribution into that same Roth account this year. And what that's going to do is reduce your part-time income and save you some income taxes. And now you're going to have even more money to put aside into the retirement account that we're setting up. So sometimes we'll take people's existing accounts, roll them over, and then we'll say, what about making a tax contribution this year? Maybe you can get a tax deduction if you do so. Um, you can't always, but sometimes you can. So there's lots and lots of things to look at. The most significant thing about the new Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and that's the name that we're going to call it today, is the income tax brackets. There were seven income tax brackets before, and there's seven income tax brackets now. The only difference is uh, we're going to talk first about uh, individuals, and then we'll get to corporations later. Well, I'll, I'll actually start with a corporation. The biggest benefactor, the biggest beneficiary, I should say, of the tax bill was the corporation because the top tax rate went from 39% down to 21%. That's a huge cut. It's almost a 50% cut for corporations, which means corporations can now have more profit, theoretically can pay out more dividends. But the tax cut for individuals was much smaller so the top tax bracket for individuals used to be 39.6%. Now it's gone down to 37%. The overall tax brackets uh, have been reduced. And we're going to talk about some specific things as we go along about deductions and medical expenses and things that you can itemize and so forth. But the change to the corporation tax bracket was considered to be a permanent tax cut. For individuals, it's only a temporary tax cut. It's only going to last about five years. And then unless something further happens, it goes back. You know, Pete, sometimes I ask people this question. Thinking about your income that you have right now, do you think that in the future you're going to be paying less taxes or more taxes? Well, the answer that everyone always gives is more taxes. Right. And that's typically what happens. And that's been history. So although we have this temporary tax cut right now for individuals, um, it's not a permanent change. It's supposed to go back. Um, there's a man named Douglas Horton who once said, when 
all is lost, ask the IRS. They'll find something. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So um, taxes are something that we have to pay. It's the price of democracy, as one of our Supreme Court justices said. But again, nobody has to pay more taxes than what you absolutely have to pay. And we can sit down with you and show you some things that you might do. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to sit down and review your income, your income tax, and perhaps come up with some ideas that might save you some money. I don't know anybody that couldn't use an extra $500,000, $2,000 a year. And that's what you might be able to accomplish when you sit down and review your your taxes and tax strategies. And going back just a second with the corporate tax rate, the corporate AMT is eliminated. Uh, so there's no longer uh, the, your AMT, which is also um, – uh, it, it changes with the individual tax return as well. Uh, I'm just looking for that right here, trying to find it. Okay. Um, yep. So the AMT is the alternative minimum tax. It actually went from $54,300 for a single filer to $70,300 to a single filer. So uh, a lot of people will not be filing their AMT uh, instead. Well, the AMT is simply a way of the following. You'd sit down either yourself or with your tax preparer, and you'd pay prepare and calculate your regular income tax but then you had to plug in this AMT formula, the alternative minimum tax, to see if that would result in your paying more money. And if it did, you had to pay AMT. But this particular year, starting uh, this tax year, most households are now going to be taking a standard deduction. They're not going to be itemizing, and they're going to be much less likely to pay the AMT. Because it went up so much. Right. And filed uh, married filing jointly went from 84500 all the way up to $109,400, so a pretty substantial jump, and that's why a lot of people will not be um, paying the AMT. You know, as a real generalization, Pete, the people that make out best under the new tax changes are, number one, the ultra-wealthy people, because they'll have more things that they can deduct, and they're going to have a lower overall tax bracket. But the corporation AMT was eliminated. Or the, the AMT, again, is the alternative minimum tax, and I'm sure that the corporations don't mind that it was eliminated because they had such a um, – it was an 18 percent uh, tax rate uh, decrease. Yeah, the most important thing people need to realize is that the tax bill didn't have as much impact on individuals as it did on corporations. It was clearly um, a bill aimed at helping corporations. But let's talk about some specifics of things that you need to look at when you're thinking about doing your taxes. The first one is your address. Uh, Have you moved recently? Um, So if you've moved, number one, you need to be notifying some people about your change in address, including the IRS when you do your tax return. So one of the questions that we like to ask if people have moved recently is, do you have adequate home insurance coverage? And that's an area where that you can help out with Lance Family Insurance Agency, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, another thing to take into consideration is if you have capital gains on the sale, uh, especially if, especially if you've lived there a long time uh, and you're thinking about selling, you may want to talk to us first. Or if your um, mom or dad, parents are looking to sell their house or have recently uh, passed away and are looking to uh, sell their house, uh, you should speak with us as well to talk about the capital gains uh, impact. Mm-hmm. So let's, for example, talk quickly about Selling your house uh, is a regular rule. Uh, Congress did not change that particular benefit. So a lot of people come to me and say, 
gee, um, we're selling our house. Am I going to have to pay capital gains tax? And for most people, the answer is no. And the reason, very simply, is that we have a capital gains exclusion of $250,000 of capital gains per individual. If you're a married couple, you can exclude $500,000 of capital gains. So what that means is if you sell a house for $400,000 and you paid $200,000 for it, normally you'd say, I have a $200,000 gain. But because of the capital gain exclusion, you're not going to have to pay taxes on that. There are some rules about that. You have to have lived in that house for at least two years out of the last five-year period as your primary residence. And you have to be careful if you've converted it into a, an income property, if you've rented it, for example. But we can help answer those questions for you. So the general answer is when you sell your residence, you don't end up having to pay capital gains tax. But there are some specific rules that you have to follow to make sure about that. Um, that's important. Um, give us a call or look at our, our website. We can answer some questions for you on that. And it's uh, usawealthgroup.com. But um, one of the other consequences is um, people still ask me the question, well, gee, I've sold my house and I have capital gains. Don't I have to reinvest that money within a short period of time in order not to pay taxes on it? And the answer is no. That used to be the rule. That rule hasn't been around for probably 10 years. But people still have that in their mind. I had that question asked of me just this past week. Well, something happens and it gets stuck in people's heads, you know, I have a good example, and that's reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages, there used to be a call date, and if you didn't pay the money back by a certain period of time, then the bank could take your home. Um, so reverse mortgages got a real negative sort of vibe from people, and it stuck in their heads that reverse mortgages were bad. Reverse mortgages of the past 15, 20 years, there's no longer a call date. You just need to make sure that you pay your taxes and homeowner's insurance, and the bank will never take your home as long as you do those two things. So there's no longer a call date. But because there used to be a call date, it got stuck in people's minds that it's a bad thing. So sort of the same type of thing with uh, the capital gains. It used to be uh, that you had to reinvest the money within a certain period of time. That's no longer the case. But again, it's stuck in people's heads is, is that you have to do that. Right. When we look at somebody's tax return, one of the other questions we have to ask, and we usually find that out fairly quickly, is, is the client recently divorced or widowed or a widower? And if so, you can have tax consequences. Again, I, I answer tax questions probably five or ten times a week. Almost everybody that comes in the office has a tax issue. That's actually a big thing that you just discussed uh, with divorce. Um, with the new Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, alimony used to be tax deductible for the payer and taxed as ordinary income for the payee, and that is now the exact opposite. Uh, alimony is no longer deductible for the payer, nor is it considered uh, income for the payee. So I wouldn't you know, think so quickly about getting a divorce. <laughs> Well, what it means in the past, and typically... Um, if you are the breadwinner in the family, I should say. <laughs> or the, the, the larger breadwinner. So in the past, uh, typically, um, because of the way our economy has been structured, it's usually a man who has had the higher income, and it's usually the man, not always, who ends up paying alimony. So in the past, the man has been able to deduct the payment of the alimony. He can't do that anymore. And his former wife would have to pick up his income 
um, the money that she received as alimony. And she no longer has to report that as income, and he no longer has to uh, has the ability to, to deduct, deduct it. it yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be changing the way people are structuring divorce agreements going forward. That's kind of interesting. Yep. Sounds like a double hit um, for the for the man in the relationship. But maybe, might that, make, maybe that's justice. It, it might make the person who isn't earning as much think more seriously about a divorce, and then it might make the breadwinner um, think a little bit more, try to make it work. Right. Well, I want to mention um, a couple of other things. And remember one thing about the Internal Revenue Code, and I'll mention this several times. Every single thing in the Internal Revenue Code reflects a political decision. Somebody made a decision that it was important to allow homeowners to deduct interest on their mortgages. And that was written into the code. Every once in a while, there's discussion about, gee, maybe we should eliminate that provision. Well, if you do that, you're going to kill home buying in this country, aren't you? I, I was just thinking, I wonder how many senators and, and congressmen's uh, spouses all of a sudden thought that divorce was a good idea after this. <laughs> well, I don't think you would ever make your your decision about to divorce or not to divorce strictly on the basis of taxes. But it certainly could be a factor in thinking about it, couldn't it? <laughs> I'm just being silly, but just thinking out loud here. <laughs> or as I like to say sometimes, don't let the tax tail wag the dog. You have said that quite a bit. Um, make your business decision or your personal decision first, and then if it has positive or negative consequences, then you have to deal with that. But it's interesting. Well, you're listening to Ray Lance, and you're listening to uh, Peter Lance this morning talking on behalf of USA Wealth Group and Lance Family Insurance Agent Agency, and we're talking about the subject of it's time to get smart about taxes. Um, I want to mention one other quick example. Um, what if there's a change in your marital status? So I met with people just a couple of days ago this past week, and the husband died at the beginning of this year in January, uh, before January 15th. And I've been meeting with his widow and one of her daughters and the daughter's husband, and we've been planning how to um, help the widow who survived financially. And one of the things that I reminded them about was when they do income taxes this year, she's still going to get an income tax exemption for her husband because he was alive during this particular tax year. So she still will get two exemptions this year. And so you have to think about that when somebody has died in the family as well. You're still going to file a joint tax return for that year if you've been doing that. So what is your age? Um, if we see a client that's age 70 and a half, for example, we want to make sure they're taking minimum distributions every year out of their retirement accounts because do you know what happens if you don't take minimum distributions? Oh, you get penalized a whole lot, 50%. 50% penalty if you don't take your amount out. I've actually had that happen. I've, I did a seminar a number of years ago up in central Massachusetts, and I had a gentleman who came up to me afterwards and said, I'm 73 years old, and I haven't taken any minimum distributions yet. He said, is that a problem? And I said, yes, but why why haven't you taken your distributions? He said, I just didn't understand the forms, and I just put them in the drawer. Always, always come and see us if you have a question about your RMD or required minimum, minimum distribution. 
So that person is going to pay income taxes on the amount that he didn't take out when it's, once he takes it, and he's also going to pay a 50% penalty. That's huge. I mean, think about that penalty, 50%. Uh, and what we do is we meet with people the first time that they need to go and take their RMD, and we can calculate it for you every single year if that's what you so choose. Uh, I would say 99% of people, I can't even remember the last time that we had someone who didn't want to have it, so the company had it as a sort of set it and forget it. There's literally a box that you can check on every form that we've come across where it says, do you want the company to calculate your RMD going forward so you don't have to worry about it? And we almost always encourage the client to do that. Um, so that way they don't have to think about it again, especially if something happens five years from now and maybe um, dementia sets in or something else. It's, it's uh, fail-proof. I want to give you a quick mark your calendar moment. Put down in your calendar for Saturday, August 18th, 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're going to be doing a combined um, operations brunch and learn program on the new 2018 key tax changes and also about protecting your home from the nursing home. Saturday, August 18th, that's going to be at the offices of uh, Lancelot, Inc. and USA Wealth Group at 352 Fonts Corner Road. So mark your calendar for Saturday, August 18th as a reminder. We'll be talking about that more in the next few weeks. And that's a brunch and learn, again, Saturday, August 18th, beginning at 10. Uh, Lancelot has over 20 years of helping clients maneuver through the Medicaid process they have not had one single Medicaid application denied. We're going to come back in just a minute after a short break, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this important topic of making sure you take your required minimum distributions and some other ideas about it's time to get smart about taxes. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Every Sunday it's our mission to show you some important ideas and have some discussions on things that will help you protect your family and protect your money. You know, I just recently heard a very uh, sad story on the television that I'm going to remind everybody about because a lot of people have young children, and it was about a three-year-old who drowned in a pool, um, and another toddler about the same age who drowned literally on the same day. Um, you've got to keep your eye on your kids every single minute. And this has got nothing to do with our show, but it's an important reminder. And um, find a place to get swimming lessons for your kids. And have flotation devices on them if they don't swim. But it's just, I can't imagine anything worse than that happening. So just a quick reminder. Happy Sunday morning, everyone. No, but I think it's an important reminder that, you know, I mean, it happens in a minute. In a minute, they're gone. They, they disappear, and, and you don't know where they are. They have to be watched constantly. So, Well, I am very much the overprotective dad, uh, even when I just had the boys, never mind with my daughter. So, um, At the end of the first half of the show, we mentioned uh, Brunch and Learn. Uh, Lance Law is going to be discussing how to protect your home from the nursing home, and uh, USA Wealth Group is going to be talking about... Um, all of the key 2018 tax changes and how it impacts your finances. Uh, we forgot to mention the phone number to make a reservation for that. There are only 18 spots available. The last time that we did a brunch and learn, we filled up very quickly, and there were some people that were denied uh, able to um, uh, make the seminar. So please make a reservation. Uh, the phone number for Lance Law is 508-998-8800. The phone number for USA Wealth Group is 
998-9998-8858. And, of course, uh, because it's a brunch and learn, there will be uh, food and um, beverages provided. And, by the way, I'm Ray Lance, and with me this morning is uh, Peter Lance, uh, also known as Pete Lance, um, also known as Hey You, right? Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a long time ago. Shut my door. <laughs> Before the break, we were talking about uh, discussing some other important ideas about required minimum distribution. So if you have any kind of a retirement account, whether it's a 401K, a 403B, a 457, and certainly an IRA, when you reach 70 and a half, you must begin taking minimum distributions. The government has basically allowed you, through provisions in the tax code, to defer income taxes on the growth in your retirement account. So it's tax-free accumulation until you reach age 70 and a half. Let me actually give a couple of specific dates. When you're 59 and a half, you may take money from your retirement accounts without penalty. If you take any money out before 59 and a half, you are going to be penalized unless there's a very, uh, there's a very couple of specific circumstances. Otherwise, you will get penalized in those specific cir- circumstances you probably don't want to be in. Yeah, and one of them is for education, for example. But uh, we'll go into that if somebody has a need to talk about it. If you take money out ordinarily before age 59 and a half, you're going to pay a 10% penalty. If you're working for a company that has a 401k plan, you can borrow money, but you've got a very short time period within which you must repay that money. I don't know why they didn't just do 60 and 70, but that those are the, the ages. So 59 and a half is when you can begin to start withdrawing from your IRA accounts. Um, we don't obviously recommend doing that. We like to see it um, increase in value. Uh, but if you have to, you can. But then 70 and a half, if you do not start taking your required min- minimum distributions, there's a little bit of a trick to that too, but I'm not going to go into t- too much detail. Um, uh, you don't necessarily have to take it exactly at 70 and a half. You can wait a little bit longer. Um, we don't normally recommend that anyways. But 59 and a half, 70 and a half, the two most important ages to remember when it comes to your qualified accounts. So one of the things that we do recommend is that when you retire, don't leave your money in a 401k account or 403b or 457. Uh, there are very, very few reasons that that's a good idea. Should someone consider a Roth IRA conversion? Uh, it depends on the individual, but yes, I have many clients with uh, Roth IRAs. You can do a conversion. If you do a conversion, uh, there's an income tax consequence. When you take a traditional-type IRA account and convert it, it's a taxable event. So you're going to pay income taxes on it. But then all the future growth on the Roth going forward is going to be tax-free. So there are lots of reasons for doing that. Sometimes um, an older couple doesn't need the money, um, and they don't want to burden their children with having to pay taxes on the IRAs. Remember one thing about an IRA-type account? Somebody's always going to pay income taxes on the withdrawal. I had someone ask me this past week. She had a small uh, Roth IRA and then a larger traditional IRA, and she asked if she could combine them. And I said, no, absolutely not. You can't combine. They have to be like-to-like. So you know, if you have a small Roth IRA and a larger Roth IRA, you can combine those. Uh, but you cannot combine a Roth IRA with a traditional IRA. And another thing with the Roth, with this uh, new Tax Cuts and Job Act, Jobs Act, is that you could reverse a Roth conversion by the tax due date. Uh, you can no longer do that, so you have to be a little bit more cautious. If you, if you do decide uh, to convert 
to a Roth IRA, just think a little bit more about it and make sure that uh, that's definitely what you want to do because with this new um, act, you are no longer allowed to recharacterize a Roth IRA conversion. And that's not for most people. So most people wouldn't really know a lot about that. But there are lots of specifics, and we're giving you a lot of general information. Um, Every situation's a little bit different. And one of the things that we like to look at, too, is where's your IRA money invested? Uh, are you invested in something that has risk? Would you rather be uh, – would you be better off if you had money in something that was more principle protected? And we do a lot of that kind of work with uh, fixed and indexed annuities, for example, which can hold an IRA account. So just something to think about. Another important age uh, to consider is 62 and also 65. Uh, if your client is, um, if, if you are about to turn 62 or 65, uh, or your mom or your dad are about to turn 62 or 65, uh, then it's time to discuss uh, Social Security benefits and Medicare benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always recommend that you do not uh, begin taking Social Security uh, unless you absolutely need it because it grows at about 8% a year. Uh, if you do not take it. Right. So let's refocus back on one thing. Do you know what the best tax shelter is of all the tax shelters that are out there? Well, I'm going to tell you, you actually have it in your hand, but I'm going to direct you to the first page of this particular publication. And that is... Under your mattress? No. Be in business for yourself. Own your own business. So here's some ideas, ladies and gentlemen. You'd be surprised how many people have a lot of cash at home that tell us about it. And, you know, that's not the smart place to put your money. (laughs) Well, what I tell them when they start to discuss that is, I don't want to know where it is. I don't want to know what the amount is. Um, You know, you need to think about having that money in a safer place, Um, like safe deposit boxes. It amazes me. Well, even in a safety deposit box, I mean, you're losing money every single day. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, it's not a place for investment money, that's for sure. But the best tax shelter of all of them is to have your own business. So what if you're retired? Maybe you ought to have a part-time business. What if you're working full-time? Maybe you should have a part-time business because if you do, there are many, many things that you can deduct and write off. You can have a car owned by your business, for example. Um, There are certain kinds of uh, expenses that you can deduct. You can deduct home computers and you could deduct the – if you have a dedicated room that's a home office – uh, uh, furniture for that office, you know, uh, cell phone bills if you're using your cell phone for part of the business. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can deduct as long as you can prove that it's part of the business. So there, um, this is worthy of probably a whole show at some point talking about the kinds of things that you can deduct if you have your own business. But think about that. If you have an, an urging or you've been doing some part-time business anyway, it's something to think about. So let's talk, for example, for um, medical expenses. Um, If you itemize your deductions, and fewer people will be itemizing their deductions this year because the standard deduction has been increased. So in the past, um, if you had medical expenses, you could only deduct the amount of medical expenses that was greater than 10% of your total adjusted gross income. Uh, This year, you can deduct expenses that are greater than 7.5%. Isn't that exciting? I'm really excited. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure everybody at home is on there, uh, well, doubling up on their caffeine this morning. 
Well, here's, here's another one that's kind of important. Uh, it's important for charities as well. They've changed the rules on charitable deductions. So if you made a cash contribution to a charity in the past, you were not able to deduct the whole amount of it. You could only deduct the amount up to 50% of adjusted gross income. Now, there's rules for carrying forward your deduction if you can't use it in one year. So if your adjusted gross income, for example, was $50,000 and um, you wrote a check to some charity for $30,000, you could only deduct $25,000, half of your adjusted gross income. You know, I just made a joke about being excited about taxes. I'm I'm quite knowledgeable with taxes, uh, but you... Uh, genuinely get excited about it. Well, I do. And that's uh, very unusual, but you really enjoy it. You get excited about it. Um, you, you, it's like a puzzle. You went to the Heckerling um, Tax Institute just to go for three or four days of no, all... Five days. Five days of all the new tax cuts and Jobs Act changes and so much more... Um, information that you obtained down there. And that's something that you not only felt was important to the company, of course, but uh, and the clients, but uh, something that you enjoy and enjoy doing. Well, uh, it's really important to stay up on taxes. There's no question about that. Well, anyways, in the past, you can only deduct up to 50% of your adjusted gross income. Um, under the new tax bill, you can now deduct up to 60%. So on the one hand, you think that maybe this is going to be useful for helping charities, but on the downside of this, fewer and fewer people are going to be itemizing their deductions anyway. So what's going to be really interesting is at the end of this year is to see what happens with charities. The prediction right now is that a lot of charities are going to have a harder time raising money because the tax benefit, although it sounds like it's better for individuals, if fewer people can itemize their deductions, they're not going to be able to take advantage of this. And therefore, they may not be giving as much money to charity. And charities uh, perform a very, very important rule, um, role in this country. So here's something that is important, Pete, and it's called the SALT deduction. S-A-L-T stands for state, state and local tax. So in the past, you could deduct any amount of local real estate taxes, uh, state taxes, local taxes, property taxes, and sales taxes. You could deduct any amount of that in the past. Now, going forward, there's a limitation on that. The maximum that you can deduct is $10,000. So for anybody that has two residences, for example, if your real estate taxes are greater than $10,000, you're not going to be able to deduct it all because of this $10,000 limitation. If you've got property in Florida and property in Massachusetts, um, you're going to have a $10,000 limitation. If you live in a high-tax-paying town like Marion, Mattapoisett, Dartmouth, Westport, some sections, um, if you have a high real estate tax bill and you've got other taxes to pay, um, you're not going to be able to deduct as much as you could in the past. This is somewhat related but somewhat not. If you are going to think about investing in bonds, uh, think about and consider where you're going to invest because if you invest in uh, a city in New Jersey, for example, you're going to uh, almost certainly pay state and local taxes on that investment, whereas if you invest in the city and state that you live in, uh, you will not. Well, Benjamin Franklin once said, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. So That's probably the most famous tax line of all time. Yep. 
And that comes from my dear friend, Ben Franklin. Sometimes I feel like I knew that guy. <laughs> but, I, but I should have known this guy because I really relate a lot to him. And um, the other one that is my favorite is... Mark Twain? Mark Twain. <laughs> I knew it before, <laughs> right before. Mark Twain once said, Never pick a fight with people who buy ink by the barrel, like the newspaper. Or maybe you'd, today you'd say a radio station as well. Or a lawyer. <laughs> well, we won't get started with lawyer quotations and lawyer jokes because there are too many of them. So here's one other thing that Mark Twain said, which I've always liked. Man is the only animal that blushes or needs to. Think about that. It's true. I mean, I've got cats at home, and cats do something bad or something stupid. You yell at them, and they look at you for a second, and then three seconds later, it's out of their little pea brains. And <laughs> what? I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, people aren't like that. People are the only animal that blushes. See, my dogs know for if they do something bad, which is very rare, but when I yell at them for doing something bad, they you know, go in the corner and they keep their head down, their tail between their legs for a good five, ten minutes before they realize that it's okay to, you know, act normal again. Well, dogs are smarter than cats anyway. Let's talk about mortgage interest on your house because this is an important one. So in the past, you could deduct all the interest on your mortgage up to $1 million. And um, you could also deduct the interest on your home equity loan up to $100,000. Uh, these rules have changed. So they've lowered the amount of um, mortgage debt that you can deduct interest on. And again, for most people listening here today, it's not going to have an impact. But if you happen to have a mortgage of greater than $750,000, you can only deduct the interest on the first seven hundred and fifty. But this one is really important for a lot of people listening today. Home equity loan interest is no longer deductible unless you're using it at the time that you are buying the house or if you're using it specifically for home improvement. But a lot of times people would put a home equity line in their house and they'd use it for taking travel trips or making gifts or helping a child. Um, if you get audited, you've got to be able to prove that it was used for home improvements. Otherwise, you can no longer deduct the interest on a home equity loan. Yeah, that makes sense. So one of the things that we would like to sit down with folks and help analyze is this really simply – um, if you have one of those kinds of home equity loans where you can no longer deduct the interest, maybe you should evaluate whether you want to refinance your house and wrap your first regular mortgage together with your home equity line because now you could deduct. Uh, again, there's some limitations on that, but it's worth exploring. And there are definitely some cases where we recommend somebody take out a HELOC uh, if they do not have enough money in their savings accounts. Uh, again, it's very rare, but we do recommend once in a while that somebody takes a HELOC, so that way it's there for emergency purposes. I'd like to see people take it out just before they retire. I'd like to see people take out a home equity line, and I recommend this to everybody. If you are going to retire soon, while you're still working, while you still have your maximum income, go down and take out a home equity line. Maybe take out a home equity line for fifty or a hundred thousand dollars, just as a credit line, and just leave it sit there. You don't have to take money out of it. But now, if you have an emergency, or if you have a need in retirement, or you replacing want to replacing a roof, else, replacing a furnace, buying a new car, yeah, now it's in place already, and usually it's going to be there for about a ten-year period. You know, the other thing you should look at in your income tax return is knowing that the tax brackets are changing, 
I wonder if you've sat down with your employer or your HR department and said, do I need to change the amount of money that I'm withholding? Should I be withholding a little bit less, for example, because I'm going to get a larger refund? Well, it's not necessarily a great idea to get a larger refund. It means that you're not having the use of the money now because you're putting more money into taxes. And the government is earning and, and, you're and making, using the money. You're making a tax-free loan to the government. Yep. So all I'm suggesting is take a look at it. Maybe you need to talk to your employer about whether you need to adjust your withholding. People get excited about a big tax return, but that just means that they weren't it, – it's like a savings account for yourself where you're not earning any interest. The other thing we look at if we look at somebody's income tax return is if they're still working, we say, gee, you've got a lot of money in savings or checking. Uh, you don't have a lot of money in a retirement account. You're still working. Maybe you ought to put more money into a retirement account. Maybe you ought to set up an IRA if you're – Self-employed, maybe you want to set up a SEP IRA or a simple IRA or even a 401k. So there are a lot of things you ought to be thinking about doing in terms of helping you save money for the future. Let's talk quickly for the last couple of minutes about some other things that are important under the new tax bill. Um, There's something called a 529 plan for education where you could set aside money for education. And it used to be you could only do it for Uh, college, basically, post-secondary education. That rule has been changed, and you can now distribute money from a 529 plan for private K-12 through education as well. If somebody went to Friends Academy or a private school or something of that nature. Um, Estate tax exemptions have changed. This does not impact most people, except there's one thing important I'd like to say about the Massachusetts estate tax. Massachusetts estate tax exemption is not changed. That's still $1 million per person. It's a lot of money, but if you are a married couple and you have real estate and maybe you have more than one piece of real estate, you have life insurance, which is part of your taxable estate. If the total value of your estate is over $1 million and everything is basically in joint names or payable to a named beneficiary, You've got a Massachusetts taxable estate problem today, and one of the things you could do to avoid that is to set up a revocable living trust where you can claim two $1 million exemptions. Get in touch with Lancelot, Inc. Give them a call at 508-998-8858. Well, I was going to mention this at the very end of the show, but just because you mentioned that, I will once again mention that uh, Lancelot is doing a brunch and learn with USA Wealth Group also. Uh, Lancelot is going to be talking about uh, trust very briefly and then how to protect your home from the nursing home. Uh, that's going to be Saturday, August 18th from 10 to 1130. Obviously, uh, food will be provided as well as uh, drinks. And uh, we did overfill the last time that we did a brunch and learn, so please make a reservation. The phone number for Lancelot is 508 998 8800 and USA Wealth Group is going to be talking about all of the key points that we discussed today on the uh, tax changes for 2018 and how it impacts you and your finances and your family. And USA Wealth Group's phone number is 508-998-8858. You know, there's so many things that we need to look at when we discuss taxes. We've talked about some of them today. We can't possibly talk about them all There are ways you can make your child a tax-deductible allowance payment. Um, You can deduct certain gambling losses. You can deduct certain commuting costs if you have to commute 
Um, there are some limitations on that. If you have some kinds of hobbies, you can deduct them. Um, there is a difference between tax fraud and tax evasion and tax avoidance. Uh, we can all avoid taxes, but we have to do it in a proper fashion. We have information on what happens if you are audited and how you should handle an IRS audit, what you should bring there. So there are many, many things that you can do to cut, to reduce your state taxes and your federal taxes. And when you come to see us, we like to work on a budget. We like to see your income tax return. We like to see the sources of your income. We like to see if you're putting money aside for retirement. There's lots of good things that we can help you with. So, And we can help every single person that comes through our doors. Uh, we make recommendations. You don't have to follow them. Some people don't. It's rare that that happens. But in any case, we help every single person that comes through our doors. And I want to remind folks to um, give Peter or Jamana a call at uh, Lance Family Insurance Agency. They're happy to take a look at your declarations page on your homeowner's policy and your car policy. And if there's a way they can save money for you, then they'll show you how to do that. It might make the difference between having an extra meal out at a restaurant once a month if you can save enough money, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there are some people that that's their, their primary source of enjoyment is going out to eat. I know it shows sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> that's nice. That's not nice. <laughs> Well, mostly we want to thank you for listening. We we do appreciate your consistency. We have many people that come in the office that say they wake up in the morning on Sunday morning specifically so they can put the show on and listen to what we have to say. And now we put them all to sleep. <laughs> we put them all to sleep. <laughs> I pick things up and put them down. Well, thank you for listening. Remember that it's your obligation to pay taxes, but it's not your obligation to pay taxes any more than you absolutely have to. So... If it's time for you to get smart about taxes, if it's time for you to seek advice on how you could improve your own personal situation, give us a call and keep on listening. Thank you, and thank you, Pete. Thank you. Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday.